Heyo! Welcome to the $100 MBA Show, real-world business lessons every single day with our daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of the $100 MBA, a complete business training and community online. And in today's lesson, you will learn lessons learned at the flea market. Yes, the flea market. Last weekend, me, Nicole, her mom, and her brother headed on over to the local flea market. And there were lessons everywhere. A flea market is basically a collection of small businesses. Businesses that are about to either make it and move from a weekend hobby to a full-time business, or they might discover this is just going to be what it is, a hobby. Something they do on the weekend, something they dream about. It's where the rubber meets the road because their products interact with real customers. As I was walking around, I couldn't help but jot down all these mental notes, all these great lessons I was picking up along the way that I wanted to share with you on the show. You're going to love these lessons because they're practical, they're real, and you can apply them to your business right now. So let's get into it. Let's get down to business. Today's episode of the $100 MBA show is supported by Podia. Podia helps thousands of creators earn money from their passion. It's an all-in-one digital storefront that you can sell courses, memberships, and digital downloads in one place. It's the most creator-friendly platform on the market with zero transaction fees and a super-friendly 24-7 live support team, no matter what plan you're on. So they're going to take care of you even if you're just getting started. What's great about Podia is that it eliminates all the technical headaches. It takes care of every aspect of selling your course or membership or digital download. If you got video courses, they do the video hosting for you. If you want an easy way to charge your members on a reoccurring basis for a membership, Podia takes care of it. You want a secure way for people to download your products when they pay for them, they take care of that too. They also offer free migrations on their Shaker plan. Best of all, Podia puts their money where their mouth is. They have a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. So if you don't love it, you don't pay a penny. If you're looking to start an online course, sell any kind of digital product, or start a membership site, check them out and support the show by going to podia.com slash MBA. That's P-O-D-I-A dot com slash MBA. So I hopped on the ferry with Nicole, her mom, and her brother, and we headed to Milson's Point in Sydney, where they have one of the biggest markets, or what we call in the U.S. a flea market, that's called Curabilly Markets. Now, this is a collection of small stalls of people selling their products. There's a section of used products, but of course, there are tons of stalls with new products that people are selling, from knickknacks to candles to clothing to jewelry to household items. A flea market is basically like tryouts, right? Like when you're trying out for a team. It's where these merchants really find out if customers really want their product. They're willing to pay their hard-earned dollar, the hard-earned cash, literally cash, to go home with their products. So I want to share with you some of the lessons I picked up along the way. As soon as we got there, we were starving, so we wanted to jump right to the food stalls. There are about 15 or 16 food stalls selling different types of food, drink, desserts, But funny enough, only a handful of them was offering to accept credit card. This was astonishing to me. Accepting credit card is so easy these days. There are so many services out there that allow you to do this. Whether it's PayPal or Square, where you can basically just plug in a small device into your iPad or even your phone and start charging credit cards. So ultimately, the ones that accepted credit card, those stalls, they were the busiest, regardless of how the food tasted. One of the stalls was a Turkish Gözleme stall. 
They accepted credit cards. So I was like, hey, I want to go with them because I don't want to use that shady ATM that's by the trash cans. Plus, it smelled good, it looked great, and it was fresh. So lesson number one, if you want people to buy your products and services, make it easy for them to buy it. I remember about two years ago, I was trying to buy some printed materials for Webinar Ninja. I believe it was like pens and pencils that we were going to use for a event. We were a sponsor of the event and wanted to give away some free swag. And the website only accepted you to do a bank transfer or send a check. What is this, 1985? I instantly left the website and said, this is ridiculous. They can't get their act together to have credit card on their website. There's no way they're going to earn my business. All right, let's get back to the flea market and back to the Turkish gözleme stall. If you don't know what gözleme is, gözleme is a traditional Turkish food. It's a savory Turkish flatbread stuffed with spinach, feta cheese, meat, or chicken. It strikes that perfect balance between savory, salty, and fatty, right? Now, what's so great about this stall is that the menu is just three options. Spinach and cheese, meat, or chicken. Those are the three different gozlemis you can choose. That's it. That's all that's on the menu. So what this does is that allows the customer to make a decision quickly. They don't sit there wondering which one should they choose. If you're a vegetarian, you're going to go with the spinach and cheese. If you're feeling a little bit of lamb, you're going to go with the meat. If you're a chicken lover, chicken. It's a no-brainer. It's easy to choose. On top of that, because the menu is so simple, they're able to prepare these gozlemis in advance. So when I made my order, she was halfway through done with creating my order, so I picked up my order in literally two minutes. Also because the menu is so simple, she's able to keep costs down. She can buy in bulk in spinach, cheese, meat, and chicken, and not have to buy a whole bunch of other different ingredients. I was super satisfied with my $12 dish. They were killing it at the market because, hey, it smelled great, easy menu, fast delivery, and it was easy to buy because they accepted credit cards. All right, now that I had food in my stomach, I'm walking around and I'm looking at the shops. And I noticed something about the body language of each stall owner. The stalls that actually had potential, that had products that are worth getting excited about or even looking at or stopping by, the stall owner was standing up. They were ready to greet the people, to answer questions. No one was standing by any stalls where the stall owner was sitting down. They looked disinterested. They didn't look enthusiastic about their products. And therefore, no one was really enthusiastic about their products or even gave it a chance. The best stall owners were not pushy. They just smiled. They'd even say, if there's anything I could do or help you with, I'm right here if you need me. We know you're there. You're standing right in front of me. So there's no need to say that. They just smiled. I looked at their products. I asked a few questions. We had a conversation. That's a natural way to sell. The person is interested. They look proud. They look happy. I walked right past anybody that looked like a grump. Because, hey, I don't want to hang out with somebody like that. I don't want to talk to somebody like that, let alone do business with them. So ask yourself, when you do business, what do you look like? What about your website? Is it inviting? Are there smiles on the website or the videos that you have or even the copy? Is it lighthearted and fun? I kept on walking and I came across this stall where somebody was selling these crinkled types of shirts. They're tops for women that are folded in this sort of diamond shape, wavy way, almost like, you know, that paper that's on top of a a box of chocolates. It just caught my attention and we asked the stall owner, hey, what's the story about these shirts, about these tops? And he went through this whole process of creating these tops. 
And it's such a long process, a digital printing and computer rendering, and then having to, you know, put the cloth with cardboard so it can fold and create these crinkles and then remove the cardboard later. It's a very long and costly process to make this top. But the thing that struck me the most is that, in my personal opinion, it wasn't a very attractive looking top. I even asked Nicole, hey, would you wear this top as a woman? And she was like, no, looks ridiculous. Looks like a costume. Of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And hey, everybody's got different opinions. But it had me thinking, how much market research did this person do before they started creating all these tops and going through this long procedure to create these tops? And from his story, it sounded like he just created it for himself because he thought it would be cool. But the problem with that is that you can't be your only customer. If you want a profitable business, if you want a business, period, you need customers. You need people that are really in love with your product. I could be wrong. I didn't ask and probe. He could have done market research and maybe there were people that love the shirts. But it begged the question, hey, did you do that before you went through this whole procedure? And I say this because this is a rookie mistake a lot of people do in business. They create products for themselves and forget there's an audience they have to serve. You need to sell more than one unit, one unit to yourself, right? You need to sell more than that. So don't get in love with the idea. You want to make sure other people are in love with the idea. Don't feel like your idea is precious or your products are precious, especially when it comes to a creative product like this one. It's hard to be critical and kind of see it as a consumer product. But hey, if you're selling it, it is a consumer product. So make sure people love it before you go through the long and costly procedure of producing it. We then moved on to another stall where a woman was creating her own custom-made candles. Now, the interesting thing about this candle stall was that she was creating these great smelling candles that were made out of soy, they were organic, environmentally friendly, and just as good as the big name brands. But on top of that, she was selling these candles also in these great little holders, or you could say like a candle pot, with these great straps that you can hang them from. So you can hang the candle and have it smell great in the house. Or when the candle's done, you can use it as a plantern. So it's kind of like a two-for-one type of product. People that buy candles will buy candles anyway because, hey, they like their house to smell good. So if they can get a bonus benefit out of the product... Something cool, something that looks nice, something different. And it's a little bit cheaper than the big name brands because there's no big time packaging. It's a no-brainer. When I was at her stall, she told me her candle's $35. I was like, hey, this is so cheap for this big candle compared to you know the $40 and $50 candles you see in the big time shops. It's better value, it looks better, it's got this great little plantern thing I can use later. And hey, it gives me a reason to help somebody who's getting started, a small business owner. So I love that. On top of that, she was really friendly. She had a smile on her face. She answered my questions and she handled all her customers with grace. It was an inviting experience. And I would go back to that stall and get candles from her again because she knows how to do business. She knows how to give her customers value and she knows how to create an offer that's hard to say no to. I got to respect that. Guys, I got more on today's lesson. But before that, let me give love to today's sponsor. One of the first things you got to do when you start a business is acquire a business address. You needed to register your business. You needed to open up a business bank account. You even needed to register for email marketing. Yes, you need an address on the bottom of your email marketing newsletters. But if you work from home like a lot of us do, you don't want to put your home address and have your customers show up to your door. And you don't want to spend the extra money every single month on having a business office. This is where Earth Class Mail comes in. They hook you up with a swanky business address. And all the mail that gets sent there gets scanned and uploaded to your account in the cloud. That means you never have to check physical mail ever again. 
you could see it anywhere, anytime, from your phone or your laptop. Pretty cool. So cool. We signed up. We absolutely love it. And we've been using Earth Class Mail for over a year now. And Earth Class Mail wants to hook you up with a free month so you can get started with your business address. Just go to earthclassmail.com slash MBA month and use coupon code MBA month. Again, that's earthclassmail.com slash MBA month, coupon code MBA month. My day at the flea market was filled with lessons all around. But the biggest lesson I learned is when you're at a flea market, it's like the real world. It's a microcosm. It's an example of one competitor next to another. And the winners with the great products, with the great services, with the great delivery of their service stand out. Their stalls are busy. They're making bank. And I'm pretty sure these stalls, they're not going to be stalls for very long. They'll be out of the markets and be doing their business full time out of a storefront or online. Success leaves clues to keep your radar on when you're out there shopping, especially now with Christmas time and there's gift shopping. There's great ideas and lessons to be learned everywhere. Thanks for listening to The $100 MBA Show. If you love what you hear, let us know in an iTunes rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. Back in the day, I had a men's custom clothing line. It was a physical business, and I used to go to a lot of conventions and have my own stall. And one of the things I remembered is you had to have a process, just like on a website, like a sales process or a funnel, except it's real life. How do you get somebody through your doors? How do you get somebody to start talking and have a conversation? How do you get them to try your product or even just take a look at it? These are all things you have to think about before you actually open your doors to customers. If your business has a website, go to it right now. Ask yourself, is it inviting? Do I have a procedure where people can ask questions, learn more about my product, or try it out for free? How do I get the conversation going? How do I get them through the doors figuratively and get them to go from just being a visitor to a customer? Thanks again for listening. I'll check you in tomorrow's episode, Q&A Wednesday. I'll see you then. Take care.